Hello and welcome to The Road to MCU Phase 4. This is the reading companion for every Marvel movie that was announced at San Diego Comic-Con here this weekend in July 2019. I'm Dave Busing, your host, founder, and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com, and today I'll be talking about the new movies that were released, reading recommendations for some of the best comics you can find. I also have included, I have full reading orders and guides for every single movie that was announced um, that's going to be coming up in the Marvel slate. I have full reading orders for all those characters already established on comicbookherald.com. So I've got links to all those in the post and show notes as well that you can check out if you just want to dive in for yourself. What I'm going to put up on Comic Book Herald with this full slate is a list of three basically recs per movie. There's going to be an essential read, a single issue that you could pick up that I highly recommend, and one dark horse pick per character. What I'm going to be doing today is doing uh, my essential picks for every movie, and then if there's time at the end, I'll throw in some of the Dark Horse picks that are my particular favorites that I think fans might enjoy. What I'm trying to do with these essential reads is to get to the cross-section of like the best, most iconic, sort of most canonical story in this character's history that also taps into uh, what is proposed or what has been proposed that is going to be like a main feature of the movie, right? So it kind of ties into the plot as well. So without further ado, let's get into this slate. I'm extremely excited about what was announced. I think the MCU, it's at a very interesting crossroads here going into 2020, the post-Endgame landscape. You know, we just had Far From Home dropped here in summer 2019. We've got basically a half a year of nothing. And then the next movie that's going to drop almost a full year after all of this is May 1st, 2020, Black Widow is going to come out. And this is an interesting movie because they're going prequel. And then the next, like, new thing we're going to get after Endgame is going to be a whole whole year later, uh, fall 2020, there's going to be the, the Falcon and Winter Soldier Disney Plus series. And then there's going to be the Eternals, I believe. So before we get to all that, let's talk about Black Widow, recommended read, right? May 1st, 2020, the newest movie announced, Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson prequel series, I would recommend everybody check out Black Widow, The Name of the Rose. It's a five-issue story arc. It's written by Marjorie Lee with art by Daniel Acuna. It is my favorite Black Widow story of all time, bar none, and it is also uh, one of my top 100 Marvel comics from 1998 to 2015. It's frankly would be pretty high on that list if I had it ordered over on CBH. So the name of the Rose, this Black Widow story, is, again, it's an introduction of a series that kicked off in about 2011. It's written by Marjorie Lee, who has now gone on to semi-comic superstardom with her series that she writes called Monstrous, released by Image Comics, which highly recommend checking out as well. But this is her take on Black Widow, and basically it's Natasha looking back into her past, figuring out, you know, sort of some of that uh, Russian spy training and ways that it is coming back to sort of bite her in her present day she has to look back to the past and her origins she interacts with characters like wolverine who she has a long history with one of my one of the issues i'm debating for single issues um to include for you know if you're going to pick up one story one comic to read alongside your your hype for the new black widow movie is uncanny x-men number 268 which is a flashback flashback issue it's written by chris claremont with art by jim lee and it's natasha as a very young woman in russia and she interacts with wolverine and captain america in that story it's a cool throwback issue that kind of crosses the entirety of the marvel universe 
So that legacy is brought forward into this story as Natasha sets out to find out sort of the mystery of, you know, who are these spies who are potentially coming for her? I, it's my hope that this story is is an inspiration, absolutely, in the prequel series that we get with Black Widow. Again, I'm not looking for any sort of direct adaptation. I think that would be a mistake. But, you know, inspiration here is is absolutely uh, recommended and, and would be great. I'm, again, doubting the MCU at this point is is a fool's errand. So I'm sure they'll do something interesting. I do have a lot of questions about Black Widow as, as a prequel. Again, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has not done a real like prequel where the intent was just to go back and look at something in the past. Obviously, Captain Marvel, coming in between Infinity War and Endgame, takes a prequel or, or sort of a flashback stance, but it was also a lot of a lot of mystery, and we didn't really know a lot about that time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it very much was setting the stage for what was to come in Endgame uh, and and you know some future events as well. I don't want to spoil anything for those who haven't seen as much. Um, but it, I'm expecting Black Widow to do something similar. What that something is going to be, I have a theory. My theory is that Black Widow, Natasha, she's this past story of hers is going to be her investigating some materials that lead to the development or the introduction of the Eternals. So I think there's probably going to be a MacGuffin at the center of this that is a part of spy organizations all trying to get their hands on. That's something I suspect, whether it be cosmic or celestial in nature, will tie to the, the upcoming Eternals movie. But it very well could not as well. And as long as it's a good spy movie, I don't think many people are going to mind. So The Black Widow, The Name of the Rose, is the essential story I would recommend for the Black Widow movie coming out in May 2020. The next series, or the next movie, excuse me, no, next series. Now we gotta, we have this thing now where with Disney Plus and the Marvel TV shows that are going to be dropping on that network, there's an MCU timeline that is both movies and TV all crossing together to the point that people on Twitter, as they were making these announcements at San Diego this weekend, were freaking out that it looked like there were, I think, seven movies going to drop in 2021. Thankfully for me, that is not the case. I mean, I think Marvel's done a good job of keeping their movie output to about two to three per year. I actually think that's the sweet spot for not overdoing it and burning people out. They're going to keep to that, but now they're interjecting, dropping TV series that are very much or appear to be very much integrated into the MCU. So the first one that's going to come out is in fall 2020. There's going to be the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, on Disney Plus. This is, of course, post Endgame. And I should say here, the assumption here is you've seen Endgame. I'm going to avoid spoiling Far From Home, I believe, uh, because you may not have seen that yet. The assumption is definitely you've seen everything in the MCU up through Endgame as I talk about this. So if you haven't, I recommend you do so. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, following up on the disappearance, um, the end of Steve Rogers as Captain America, right? There's that sequence where he goes back in time, comes back as an older man and passes down the legacy not to Bucky Barnes, his longtime partner, the Winter Soldier, and the the actual inheritor of the mantle in the Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting run that ran through the 2000s in Captain America, but he gives it to Sam Wilson, who has also been a Captain America of the 2000s. Uh, if just a bit later, during the Rick Remender written run, uh, there was a, a story arc called The Iron Nail, kind of results in the rapid aging of Steve Rogers, which is, you know, more or less what we saw in Endgame, and the legacy of Captain America is passed there 
to Sam Wilson. He was Captain America for approximately 2014 through about 2018, so about four years in Marvel Comics times, um, kind of up through the Secret um Empire event. Secret Empire uh, <laughs> would be also uh, probably a more entertaining event, actually, if I'm being honest. So that's what's happening here. I think because the focus for me is less on Winter Soldier as a character and more on the transition of Sam becoming Captain America and Bucky trying to help him. My essential pick for a read is way more Sam Wilson, Falcon, slash Captain America focused, and it's the all-new Captain America Volume 1, Hydra Ascendant. It's a six-issue story arc. Again, starts an all-new Captain America. I believe the series started in 2014, and this is the Rick Remender-written arc where it is the, it's not the first Captain America story arc, you know, with Sam as Cap. Um, there were a few issues before this. There's a four-issue mini called uh, something like Captain America Fear Him, um, where, where Sam kind of goes on his first mission as Cap. But this is the first kind of of his own series. He's holding the title himself, and Sam is taking on a new form of Hydra. It's got art by Stuart Eminence. You know, it looks great. And this is this is a highly recommended, it's a recommended read just for the Captain America universe, but I think this is the one that's going to give you the sense of what it means for Sam to be trying to fill in as the new Captain America in the Marvel Universe. Uh, unfortunately, or not unfortunately, but just, you know, some differences between MCU and, and the comics, there's not a ton of Sam and Bucky sort of team-up crossover type stuff. So I think this series, this TV show, has an opportunity to play in a space that the comics haven't done as much with because that dynamic hasn't been as relevant necessary not that they never have interactions or anything um but i'm super looking forward to really the entire disney plus slate and and falcon and winter soldier you know i don't know about chief among them is it going to be it might be the one i'm well i don't know it's hard to even rank them at this point i'm not going to try point being for the time is check out all new captain america hydra ascendant and again you don't have to like Memorize or write these things down. I've got everything here listed out, both on comicbookgirl.com and in the show notes as well, so you can check out all of the series that I recommend. Next on the list is November 6, 2020, The Eternals. I think this is the boldest play of Marvel's Phase 4 lineup, uh, really bar none. The Eternals are they're an interesting cosmic franchise in the Marvel Universe that is generally uh, underexplored. <laughs> I think would be like the most polite way to say it. The Eternals don't have a huge role in Marvel Comics. They're a Jack Kirby creation. He came back to Marvel in the late 70s after he went to DC where he created the fourth world and characters like Darkseid and Mr. Miracle, um, you know, lots of greats, Big Barda uh, in the early 70s, came back to Marvel around 76 for the bicentennial of, of America and uh, got to do some Captain America, America stories tied into that and he also created some new series like double dinosaur as well as the eternals and the eternals are for my money uh they look great it's really fun jack kirby art if you're a fan of his you know his artwork and obviously he's i mean one of if not the most important comics creators of all time definitely of the marvel universe i mean he co-created 90 percent of what we know right and that percentage is way off but jack kirby crazy influential right and the eternals are a creation of his so they are inherently important i think and inherently interesting they're also operating on that cosmic scale of the fourth world and the new gods but not as well i mean i definitely prefer kirby's dc 
fourth world and the characters he created there that I just rattled off to what he created in the Eternals, which does similar things with giant expansive mythologies. And you have this whole saga essentially of Eternals. They are godlike. Um, really, honestly, a comp would be as guardians or Olympians, godlike beings uh, that are sort of created and and um, adhering to the the whims of the Celestials, which are these giant machine-looking deities that are like you know some of the most powerful beings in the Marvel universe. And then you also have the Deviants, who are, as the name would suggest, they are somewhat monstrous-looking creatures um, that are kind of at odds with the Eternals. So I think as far as essential reads go here, it's actually kind of difficult, again, because the Eternals don't have a ton of comics. They don't get a ton of reps. And the series that kicks them off, which you would think would be a clear-cut best, the, the 76 Kirby creation, I, I'm just not a big fan. I mean, it, it literally puts me to sleep when I try to read it. I think it looks great. I think it's interesting. I'm going to try to read it again here as part of the comic book Herald My Marvelous Year Club when we get there um, in, the, in the near future. But I don't love it, and I wouldn't recommend it for a lot of modern fans. There is a 2000s Neil Gaiman written attempt to revive the franchise, and it's six issues long. I, it's going to be my pick here even though I'm not a huge fan of that one either, <laughs> which is crazy. I mean, Kirby, Gaiman, two of my favorite comic creators of all time. I've got Sandman, Neil Gaiman's written Sandman, number two on my best comics of all time list, you know, inside the top 500. Um, that said, I don't think their work on the Eternals is their best. Gaiman's work, I think, is going to have the most modern sensibilities for new readers. Again, it's only six issues. It's an easy one to pick up and get a feel for what this franchise has been in recent terms for Marvel. So I'm extremely excited to see what the MCU is going to do with this. I have the expectation that they are really going to take a lot of creative liberties in terms of refreshing and and maybe even twisting the 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 mythology and sort of the ties of the Eternals to things like Thanos and the Titans. You know, we got very brief glimpses of that in Infinity War and really not much else. You know, we haven't seen characters like Eros or Mentor or things like that. So I'm I'm wondering if the Eternals will tie to that and which would give us a little more of a, a grounding and a connection as opposed to dropping them in fresh, um, which is what Kirby did for the MCU or for, for the Marvel Comics uh, universe in 1976. So there you have it for the Eternals. Next on the list, February 12, 2021, you have Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Now, one thing up front to note here. One, this is probably the movie I'm most excited for just looking at this list. Two, I'm loving the subtitles on these movies. The Legend of the Ten Rings you got on Shang-Chi. We're going to look at Doctor Strange here in a second, which has uh, the Multiverse of Madness or something like that. And uh, they're just inherently exciting. Just dropping right up front. Hey, this is a Shang-Chi movie awesome and it's going to focus on the legend of the ten rings which means we're getting the mandarin that's super exciting as well my essential pick here there's shang chi is actually like one of the easier ones for me to pick in terms of what i'm excited to tell people about to read uh there, my single issue pick here i'll just i'll share is uh it's shang chi master of kung fu number one from 2009 there's jonathan hickman written story in this giant sized one shot uh, in which shang chi and deadpool go on a motorcycle race to the death <laughs> which with a bunch of other uh, bikers who are threatening them, and they share some times uh, and share a hot dog. 
it's so good. I, it's like, it's probably the most underrated Jonathan Hickman written comic and one of my favorite one shots from the 2000s. But that's not my essential pick. My essential pick is going to be the Doug Munch and Paul Galecki era of Master of Kung Fu. Master of Kung Fu debuted in 1974. It was, you know, you could read it as cashing in on sort of the karate and kung fu craze of the 70s. Um, but they, by the time they hit several issues in, so this is not his origin, but Shang-Chi has already learned that his father, Fu Manchu, is, you know, sort of villainous, and, and he is, Shang-Chi has decided he is going to be at odds with him um, and, and try to, you know, disrupt his schemes. Once they get that grounding, you get Doug Munch and Paul Galecci coming in as the creative team, and just the action and the the thoughtfulness of Shang Chi's own interior dialogue is it's really fun. They're some of the best '70s comics I think that I have read personally. Um, I mean, there's a lot of like in the '70s you get Jim Starlin doing cosmic stuff in the Great Thanos comics. You get Chris Claremont and and Dave Cockrum coming on to Uncanny X Men, and that's obviously a huge moment. And then kind of a tier below that in underrated. Uh, but excellent comics is Master of Kung Fu. So whereas I'm trying to keep it somewhat modern in my essential picks for a lot of these characters, for Shang-Chi, I actually think it's very much worth going back to what was, uh, I would say, the pinnacle of the character in his early days of creation. So that's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. The next series that Marvel announced is going to be Spring 2021. It's called WandaVision. And this one's going to star Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch. Will we have actual vision in this series? We don't know as of yet. And that's what's going to lead. Obviously, he, you know, he died in Infinity War. So that is what's going to lead to my pick for this, my essential read for Scarlet Witch, which is actually pretty difficult, I think. There's not a ton of obvious Scarlet Witch wrecks that you can make. My pick is Avengers West Coast, a story called Vision Quest. And this is issues number 42 to number 50 of the series, in which Wanda and the Avengers, they all have to deal with basically the Vision being captured and dismantled and significantly changed and significantly altered. And I think that type of experience is going to connect to WandaVision, where we now have Elizabeth Olsen's character, Wanda Maximoff. She's dealing with the loss of her loved one, uh, the Vision. So I think there's going to be some overlap there. Again, I think there are, there's like a Scarlet Witch ongoing written by James Robinson with art by, or covers by David Aha, and that came out somewhat recently. It, it's an option. You know, I it didn't blow me away or anything, but definitely that's like the most clear cut, okay, what's a Scarlet Witch ongoing I could read? For my money though, and the connective tissue, I'd, I'd try out Avengers West Coast first. All right, we got one, two, three, four. We got four more to go through here. Again, they announced a ton of stuff, which is great. May 7, 2021, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. This is the subtitle that has me the most excited for probably obvious reasons. I love the multiverse. I love anything Marvel does with it. And the fact they're going to bring it into the MCU and Doctor Strange movie and what they're describing as a horror movie is, is immensely exciting. So... I'm looking forward to this one. Maybe, I don't know, I, I didn't expect Our Strange number two to be like my top pick for most most anticipated movie, but calling it the multiverse, multiverse of Madness, I, it might be. My essential pick for this is going to be a familiar one, I think, for a lot of Doctor Strange fans. It's Doctor Strange The Oath, five issues, written by Brian K. Vaughn, art by Marcos Martin. There are few five-issue series from the 2000s that are just this tight and good-looking and, and smart. This is a series that it's not like 
a true multiverse spanning saga. It's really more of a detective kind of mystery. Um, but you do get Strange going to weird dimensions. You get Marcos Martin drawing them, and that alone makes it worth it. So Doctor Strange, The Oath is the book you gotta read. I almost picked Spider-Man Fever, which is kind of a stealth Doctor Strange story and maybe gets a little more uh, ultra-dimensional, but that's actually gonna go as my Dark Horse pick. All right, after that, Marvel's gonna drop in spring 2021, Loki on Disney+. Plus. The essential pick here, I think, is pretty easy, and it's the Kieran Gillen-written Journey into Mystery. Runs from issues 622 to 622. 36, at least the first volume of the trade does. Uh, Gillen was on Journey into Mystery for quite a long time, and this is what people talk about when they talk about Kid Loki. Uh, Loki, God of Mischief, he, in 2010, in a Marvel comic called Siege, he, uh, he, I don't want to spoil it if people haven't read it, but, you know, he, he takes an act of heroism that then results in Journey into Mystery. He is, comes back as a child, uh, or he, you know, is in the universe as Kid Loki. And Gillen writes this, he writes, the, the thing that makes this so interesting is he's really looking at what kind of, can, can Loki change his god status, essentially? He's the god of mischief. Can he do other things? Can he change his path? Can he change his purpose? It's relatable, and yet it's also very like, if you're a god of something, does that mean you're stuck in that path? It's some of the best Loki writing of the era. It's led to a lot of great Loki appearances since that time. And it is my pick for essential Loki reading. Okay, two more. I'm going to do this one real quick. Fall 2021, Hawkeye. Read Hawkeye by Matt Fraction and David Aja. It's one of my favorite Marvel comics. It's one of my favorite comics of the last several years. Just brilliant all around. This one's easy. You've probably heard about it. I think... Because this series is supposed to be a Clint Barton and Kate Bishop-focused Hawkeye, you know, the two Hawkeyes coming together, what you should do, or what I would highly recommend you do, is you do the Fraction Aja Hawkeye, you read the whole thing, it's about 25 issues, that'll introduce you to Kate Bishop in the right way, and then you jump to the Kelly Thompson-written Hawkeye Volume 1, Kate Bishop, and read that whole series. I think it runs for about 16 issues there as well. That's a great Hawkeye sequence from the 2010s. Okay, final one. That Marvel announced that has a official release date and name and all that. November fifth, two thousand twenty-one. Thor, love for Thor, four, love and thunder. And the big announcement here that has everyone super stoked is the return of Natalie Portman taking on the role of Jane Foster with Mjolnir. Right? She's going to be Jane Foster Thor. At least that is every every indication from the announcement. And what that means. You should really check out the Jane Foster uh, Thor run, uh, written by Jason Aaron. You got art here throughout, primarily by Russell Dowderman and colorist Matt Wilson. And uh, mighty, it goes from Thor to Mighty Thor to a whole bunch of things. I would, I would check out the Compa Carol Thor reading order here because honestly, it hops series and titles more than is going to be easy to follow if you're hopping around on Marvel Unlimited or trades or whatever. Um, but where you want to start, it's called Thor Volume One: Goddess of Thunder. It's five issues. That'll give you the first five of of Jane becoming Thor. It's kind of a mystery, but it's also kind of not. You need to know it's Jane. I mean, I'm not spoiling anything by saying that, I think, at this point. Uh, it's a great place to start. It's a great Thor run. Jason Aaron's run starts actually a little bit earlier than this in 2012 with Thor God of Thunder. So if you want to run it all the way back to 2012, start with Thor God of Thunder, which is excellent, like truly, truly excellent. I would recommend you do that as well and then progress on through to basically where we are today Aaron's still on the title and we just finished up War of the Realms uh, which is a, a big event in the Marvel Universe that follows out of the Jane Foster Thor era 
So there you have it. That's my readership companion guide to the MCU phase four announcements. I think I'm getting super excited for all of what they announced here in the the last um, you know few couple days here in my time. I don't know when I'll be releasing this, but obviously there are some other bigger announcements like they're going to do a Fantastic Four movie. They're going to do a Blade movie with Mahershal Ali. That's going to be incredible. Um, but because those don't have release dates dead, I'm not including them just yet in the companion readership. So hopefully this gives you some comics to check out. Again, I've got all these reading orders you can check out in the show notes and, and everywhere on compacarol.com. So I would recommend you know diving in wherever you're most excited about characters there as well. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like Compa Carol, come on over to the site, compacarol.com, and check out what we're doing. Um, you can find us on Compa Carol on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, uh, or Best Comics Ever, the podcast. If you subscribe there, you can listen to more of uh, me talking about comics. And I think if you like the site and you want to support it, go on over to patreon.com slash and you can find some ways to support the site for bonuses throughout the year. Thanks for listening, everybody. And as always, enjoy the comics. <laughs>